Hey guys, I'm Leslie. I'm Meta, and this is the Dumb, Dumber, and Chaotic Cinema Podcast, where two people who are definitely not experts watch and review film and TV. Today, our episode is on the very special Black Widow that, that we just recently saw in theaters, which was exciting, yes, to say the least. It was so nice to see a movie in theaters. Yeah. Yes. But before we get also spoiler, spoiler warnings, because... Yes. It's going to be a very spoiler-heavy episode. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. It's streaming on Disney Plus with Premier Access, or go to your local theater. Um, before we get into uh, reviewing this movie, we're going to have our annual our <laughs> rage room, which, uh, Meta, would you like to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Um, yes. Do you have the timer pulled up, Leslie? Yes, I do have it pulled up. Okay, well, today I'm going to be talking about um, Jamie Lynn Spears, because that was the whole thing that just happened. Um, so yeah, let me know when okay. set the timer. Ready? Three, yeah. two, one, go. Okay, so if you haven't heard, um, basically Britney Spears posted um, an Instagram where she, I believe the actual post said um, something about uh, if you don't like it, or if you don't like something she does, like, kiss her ass. Or it says, take me as I am, or kiss my ass, eat shit, and step on Legos, um, which is iconic. But, so basically she posts this Instagram, um, and she was originally talking about uh, people who, like, criticized her for her dancing videos in her living room. And she talked about how her dad has control over um, everything she does on stage, even if it makes her uncomfortable. Um, so performing in her living room and taking those videos are kind of like the only artistic control that she has. Um, and especially as like, well, everyone will know, like dancing was a huge part of her life and a huge part of like her stage presence. Um, and, but there was a little part in there that was talking about how um, she kind of lost her support system as her sister, um, her sister who, um, if you haven't heard, um, has spoken in support for the conservatorship and not for Brittany. Um, I believe it's because she would be getting some of the funds that come from that. Um, and, you know, money does terrible things to people. Um, so basically, her so she called out her sister for not being a support system for her and performing her songs on stage, which if you haven't watched that particular video, um, it's at the iHeart Radio Festival, I believe, in 2017, and it was kind of this big tribute to Britney, and so it was a couple of artists, but her sister was a surprise guest, um, and I think you could tell pretty much from Britney's reaction that she did not appreciate her sister showing up. Um, damn, I only have one minute. Okay. The point that I'm trying to make is that, um, it's just so sad to see that even family members, or especially family members, play such a huge role in, like, censoring Britney and, um, that she doesn't have the support system she should have. And I feel like everyone should be able to rely on their family, which it might be a little naive point of view, but I don't think it should be. Um, I feel like people should be able to rely on their families, you know? And it's just so sad to see that, like, she doesn't have that support behind her and people, even her own close family members are only there for her money. Especially considering the fact that like Zoe or she played Zoe, sorry, Jamie Lynn Spears um, only kind of 
got the roles that she got because Brittany was her sister. You know, I feel like you should be more grateful to her than she is. But yeah, that's it. So I can concede the rest of my time. Okay, you had like seven seconds left. <laughs> seven seconds less, okay? Okay. So I'm going to start mine. So Okay, so I'm going to forfeit my rage room and I'm going to start a new segment for myself called What is Leslie currently reading or what has she read in the past week? Um, so I recently just finished the selection series by Kira Cass. Um, and I'll be telling you my thoughts on the last book, which is called The One. Spoiler warnings. If you haven't read this, go to your local library and buy and get this book. I would say buy. Get this book. Okay. Um, enough of my promo, but, uh, <laughs> okay. So this book started off very happy. Like she was fighting for her love of Maxon america she was just like she she loved maxon and she knew that like that's who she wanted and i was like very proud of her because throughout the last two books she kept going back and forth between maxon and aspen and don't get me wrong aspen's great but he's per- but like he needs someone else besides america and he finds that um so with one of her maids am i wrong maid does it yeah. doesn't he get to- yeah, thank you uh <laughs> Forget which one. She has like three maids. Lucy. I forget. Lucy. Thank you. Lucy, the young one. Yeah. Um, so and then then like Celeste kinda had like a turnaround halfway through and I and I liked it. She was like she was supporting Maxon in America. She shipped them. She was shipping them before shipping was a thing. Um yeah. so uh but then then the most and then when uh when uh Maxon finally finds out about her about America and Aspen, he of course gets angry, like any normal guy would. He he gets jealous and angry and he and he like doesn't and he thinks he's gonna go for Chris over over America because you don't know there's a whole like selection process going on during this. And um so uh she's very America's very upset, but then as soon as things happen, get these these southern rebels burst through the doors start shooting up the place killing celeste as soon as she had a redemption arc as soon as she had a redemption arc and i got so mad i literally threw the book outside my bed i was very much like how i you can ask my brother i started screaming at them. i was like how dare they and i got so mad and like they, re- they they redeemed her and then they killed her off I'm like how dare you yeah. but there wasn't much that was going to happen to her storyline. I feel like her storyline ended <laughs> pretty much. Like, she, she apologized to everyone else um, for all the cool things that she did. Um, then, and then happiness finally struck, and America and Maxon, he, he asked for her hand in marriage. I was very happy. It, it, in like, it was like very, like, a close, I, I love the ending of it. Like, like, a nice closure. And I, of course, read the epilogue, because you can't, you can't go without reading, like, the wedding scene. Yeah. Um, it was great. I'm gonna forfeit my 30 seconds that are left because I feel like my rant time is over. Uh, go read this book. It's so good. Read the whole series. You won't. If you want to leave comments about it, great. I'd love to hear it. But, uh, if Meta, if you want to take my last 16 seconds, go ahead. <laughs> like no, the last I'm time. Say, I read this series and I believe I literally cried when Celeste died. I shed, I almost shed a few tears. Because I was like, she just got this redemption arc. She's like, she finally, like, she's a good person. I feel yeah. like when she explains why she acted the way she it did. It makes 
sense. It makes sense. Because she talked all about how, like, um, uh, it was like... She's she's a model, essentially. So, essentially, she believed that uh, her beauty is her worth, and that without that, if, because, like, and, like, all of her other siblings have, like, I think are together with someone, I think. I think she mentions that. And how she quantifies her her worth with her beauty, which is a a excellent point for young girls to read in this novel is like is a lot of times especially on social media we quantify beauty with our worth which isn't a good thing um so it's it's great i love this book i think that they could have done more with her character 100 they could have done more with also the symbolism of her of uh of america being named america because Essentially, if you don't know, if you haven't read the books, essentially it's about this country named Aaliyah, uh, which is supposed to be like the United States after it gets taken over by China. And then uh, this other guy comes in and like helps the United States come back together, but as a monarchy instead of a, 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 a democratic republic. So we're not a democracy. And that's how we, democratic republic. Um, but, um, uh, but that I it was great, and I love how like they and they put in the reason. Also, the whole plotline of her father who died, America's father died, and finding out that he was like uh, a secret like northerner who because there's, there's a whole subplot where there's like the north the the north who like supported Maxon in America because like they wanted them together, and you find out that Chris was a northern supporter. And that was the other girl that the the North had, um, like as as a Plan B, and it, 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 it's a, it's a great book. I 100 recommend. Yeah, if you're into like they they in the back of the selection they sum it up perfectly. It's the bat it's it's the Hunger Games with with without the bloodshed, and it's the Bachelor without all the bloodshed. Like it's it's like it's great. It, it's that sums it up perfectly. It's it's actually it's a really good series. It's definitely one of my favorites that I've read. Yes, um, it's definitely on in, in like my top five series that I've read. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever. I think this is my first series that I've read all the way through in a long time. Because sometimes yeah. I'll like I'll like start a series and I'll like just not finish it. Yeah. <clears throat> Divergent series. <laughs> oh my god! No, you have to finish it. I feel Why? Like- to be fair, Rithika, you'll know her. Anyone who's listening, you'll find out more about her because when like we get into like foreign films, we'll have her come on, especially for Korean dramas. But uh, she spoiled it the last book for me, so I read the second book, and then I fe- and then she told me that Tris dies. So I just gave up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I don't know. I feel like the author then, tried to make it a little bit more like unique by having the main character die. I just feel um, like it's a knockoff me, Hunger Games. It's a knockoff Hunger Games. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's a knockoff Hunger died, Games. I and it's not a successful. Cried. I definitely cried when Tris died. Um, and then apparently her best friend and her ex-boyfriend got together at the end, which is so... Yeah, Rithika spoiled the whole thing for me. I gave up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, we're not here to talk about books. That was yeah. We're talking about Black Widow, which I have, if you haven't seen it, I'll give a brief summary of the movie. Yeah. In Marvel Studios' action-packed spy thriller Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with Ty Sarabak past arise. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. Just to give a brief timeline, this is supposed to be between 
um, civil after Civil War and before Infinity War. That's when this movie uh, goes in. And if you watch until the end credit scene, it's supposed to be after Endgame. Um, so uh, this movie, thoughts first. I loved this movie. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on it. I loved it. Uh, I feel like it has a lot of mixed reviews because people had expectations, especially because this was this this movie was so highly anticipated. Um, but let's see what you have to say, Matt. I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk for a little bit. I liked a lot of things about this movie, mm-hmm. which is why I'm going to talk about all the things that I didn't like first. So you can get <laughs> out of the way. Okay, let's talk about our uh, our cons of this movie, yes. which I have some. But... I have a few, yeah. My first, I think the biggest con to me is that it just, as you watch the movie, it definitely felt like it was a little too late. Because yes. um, I think I am personally I had I hold the belief that Black Widow should have been the first female led movie. Yes. Not to diss Captain Marvel because I love that movie. I feel like um, because every every other Avenger, not not to, not to cut you off, but like every other right. the original six Avengers had their own movie except Hawkeye. But who really cares about Hawkeye? Let's be honest. Not in, in the other five or four. Other five, not only did they have the one movie, they had like trilogies. They had trilogies. And then Black Widow, who everyone was anticipating this movie. Right. She was the she had this movie last before Captain Marvel. Yeah. And it just seems weird to have this main essentially a main character have her movie after a sub character that didn't come in until Infinity No yeah. Endgame. Endgame. Was, didn't come until Endgame. Yeah. Uh, Infinity War and Endgame kind of blend together in my head. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying, I'm saying. <laughs> so Endgame. So it just seems right. weird. It just yeah. seems weird. Yeah. It definitely I don't know. I just felt like it would have made so much more sense to release it after Civil War. Yes. And I feel like yes. that would have made the whole movie-watching process more enjoyable, too, because mm-hmm. it would just make sense in the storyline. But, it, I don't know, as I was watching it, it just hit me so often that, like, it, we're watching this after she died, you know? Yes. And it's just... It's like, you know, spoiler warning. Right. You know by... If you've seen... Spoilers for Endgame and Black Widow, because essentially mm-hmm. we know that Natasha sacrificed herself at Formir for Clint or mm-hmm. as he's Hawkeye. Yeah. And I am a firm believer to believe that Clint should have died, but that's just my point of view. Yeah. Um, um, but because there's a whole TikTok, and I will suggest this TikTok where this woman goes in thoroughly depth of going into the mathematics of why Clint should have died. I was gonna be <laughs> yeah. And Nat had her whole life ahead of her. She yeah. had a family, well, a family, um, had basically, whereas Clint has lived with his family. He has children who have grown up, and you find that out, I think, in the new Hawkeye movie that his daughter is in. One play, I think Kaylee Steinfeld yeah. played his daughter. Might yeah. be wrong. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, it just, she deserved better. Matt deserved I better. I definitely agree. And I just... I don't know. It just didn't feel like the right timing, honestly. Yeah. I feel like they should have had this movie after the first Avenger movie because you you essentially know what happened during the Budapest or the Budapest as Nat has firmly acquired telling us that that's how you officially pronounce that 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 word. Budapest. 
Um, and because there's that whole scene with her and Clint and like, you and I remember Budapest very differently. Um, so I feel like that should have been like right after Avengers that she should have had her own movie. Cause the only way I don't is that the only way that I could figure out is that she she would either have it after her intro into the MCU, which was in the, I believe the second Iron Man movie. Cause she goes by Natalie Rushman. Mm Mm-hmm. Either have it after that and give a brief, because that way we know who she is and you get a backstory yeah. of her. And that way that Budapest thing makes a lot more sense. Yep. Or have it after Avengers because we know that joke and we know what's going to happen. And we also know the whole backstory with Dreykov's daughter because Loki used that to interrogate her. Yeah, I personally think that it should have been after Civil War. Cause I feel like Why do you think after Civil War? Why do you think Civil War? It makes more sense at the beginning when she's like running away and stuff. And I... I like so like this idea that she had of like the two families where it's like that one family was the Avengers and she went to go basically seek refuge in her other family when her mm-hmm. family wasn't because we know after the end of Civil War it's like they permanently yeah. break apart right um so I like the idea of like her going to find her second family when her first family wasn't necessarily I understand that yeah but I just feel like timeline wise if you're talking about out of the way, this movie should have happened way earlier yes. than it did. Oh, yeah. um, do I think, I think though, though all, all three options that we have mentioned are good options for this movie that where it should yeah. happen. Either yeah. after her first intro into the MCU, which was in Iron Man 2, either after Avengers, the first one, or Civil War. Because they could have edited the plot line, just focused more on what happened in Budapest yeah. instead of focusing Again, the family aspect of this movie is great. I love that whole aspect yeah. of like of like her saying like she doesn't really have a family. She doesn't until she reconciles with Alexi, Yelena, and Milena, and she mm-hmm. finally knows like this is her family. And not only that, but the Avengers are her family. Yeah, I Which, wish. That. I feel like going beyond that, my second comment also kind of relates this whole like timing idea. I just feel like knowing that Nat dies kind of makes it seem... Ruined it. Yeah. It makes it seem less like a Black Widow origin movie and makes it seem more like a Yelena origin movie. Like, I definitely see... Yeah, I definitely see this movie being more... I feel like we got a lot less of Nat than we should have. We got... I love Yelena. Like, I love the character, but it definitely seemed less like a Black Widow movie and more like a movie to set up Yelena going into the MCU. I just didn't feel like I got enough of Natasha or her personality. Like, Yelena drove all the scenes. She's the reason why Natasha even kind of went back to the Red Room and, like, destroyed it for good. It just felt like Yelena kind of led the plot, led the scenes, led the humor, led the um, chemistry between Nat and herself. And because of that, it just didn't really seem like a movie that was meant Mm -hmm. to start Natasha. Um, to add on with you, I feel like with talking about how Yelena kind of ran the show in this movie, they could have changed the name of this movie and just call it Black Widows, because that's essentially what it is, where they kind of focus on what the Black Widows are, the yeah. whole organization of the Red Room, Yelena's backstory, and the and the chemical uh, uh the chemical that they use to brainwash them into being submissive. Right. Um, they didn't really focus on on that because we we already knew who she was we already knew her character we didn't know this new character it's right. essentially why they kind of focus on it but if they really wanted to focus on that they would have made this movie way earlier they would have made it set 
and not make it way after because they're trying to set up the whole spoiler for the end credit scene where Elena and remind me of the person's name <laughs> the, the the the, lady the, the girl who fucked up that damn impossible soldier that that yeah. lady don't come at us Sam <laughs> we don't but her um and she's saying oh here's your next mission you're gonna go kill the guy who killed your sister who of course we know is Clint um because she sacrificed herself for him um and that's kind of I think that's setting it up for the the Hawkeye movie coming out um and possibly Doctor Strange and the and the uh multiverse yeah um it's this movie I there's some parts that I absolutely loved like the the comedy in it yeah. Like, it, it has, it has such a dark undertone, which is what I also loved. I loved how, let's, t- let's, let's talk about the opening of this movie. Let's talk about it. So it opens, so it opens up in Ohio, where they're living in a suburban area. Um, we find out that later that, like, they're undercover. Um, Nat has already gone through the red room once. Elena hasn't. Um, and Alexi, or the Red Guardian, who is essentially the Russian version of Captain America, um, is working for Drakov, who runs the Red Room and the Black Widows. Um, and so, essentially, like, the Hydra version of, like, was was he a part of Hydra? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no. No, he was separate, but he was essentially, like, similar to, like, the leader. Yeah. Um, of, he was kind of like the Red goal of this organization i don't know if that's a good i don't know i would say more of um pierce from um from uh from civil what's that no winter soldier i was civil winter soldier <laughs> again those two movies blend together because there's conflict between them and cap's kind of on the run but uh, uh so back to what i was saying so it's, it's Basically, uh, Alexi, who is kind of like their surrogate father, mm-hmm. and Milena, who is their surrogate mother, is this, um, their, Alexi and Milena are these partners in this Russian organization, and they have this, uh, undercover, uh, family in Ohio. I believe the year is 1990 something? Or 80 something. I don't remember. It's, uh, something told me. Um, oh my gosh. Because there's under like the goofs on IMDb, you'll see like a brief thing. As I said, but, um, it's kind of, it opens up with that. And then, um, and then they're trying to get away from, I didn't realize this until I rewatched, uh, briefly of like, so just to get like kind of a refresher, because we watched this on Tuesday of uh, last week. So, um, they're actually, they're actually fighting against shield agents because you briefly see uh, the shield vehicle with shield written on the side. So it kind of sets up that like, they're not a part of shield. They're against shield at this point because they're Russians. Mm-hmm. And it's, I believe it takes place during the cold war. I might be wrong. Um, don't come at me. <laughs> I the purpose of that. Don't come at me. Um, so essentially, yeah. So then they arrive in Cuba because Milena has been shot. Um, and, uh, we, we essentially assume that she's dead. Uh, um, and then, uh, 
uh, Nat takes a gun from one of the officers, threatening, saying that I sh- I don't want to go back. Elena's too young to go back to the red room. Yeah. Um, and then um, Alexi takes the gun away from her, saying like you are you know why because you are my strongest girls. Um, and I want I want your thoughts on that. I want your thoughts on that whole scene. I want your thoughts on the whole, like, the drugging them, taking them to the Red Room, and then, then like, it goes straight into the opening scene. Uh, the, 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 the credit, the opening credit yeah. scene, where it's all, uh, like, very subtle child trafficking, very dark over uh, yeah. the rendition of like, uh, Teen Spirit. I feel like that kind of goes into my overall thoughts about um, one of the pros of this movie, which was definitely how they touch upon, um, like, child trafficking and um especially like how the like they treat young girls and how young girls are treated in like the entire world right and i just feel like the movie did a really really good job i think of showing how real that situation is and how often it takes place and how a lot of people see these young girls as an opportunity instead of children which they are um and in particular that scene i feel like it was so heartbreaking because we got to see two characters that we grew fond of and we got to see i think in the beginning seeing them as children first which was like when they're playing in the playground and having fun together i think getting to see them as children at first made it even more heartbreaking the fact that they were taken into that situation um so at first thing i thought that scene was really well done and i feel like we really got that emotional impact they wanted us to get. Yeah. I don't know. What did you think? Um, I really, again, I, I agree with you. I really liked that scene, especially. Uh, and on the child trafficking thing, if I feel like if this was made earlier, if this was made um, in 2010, which was when, like, the, I think, uh, 2012, when the first Avengers movie came out, yeah, they would not have handled that as well as they did now. Yeah. I feel like this is a perfect time to bring that whole idea of child trafficking up, especially in this movie where it is very heavy um, centric in the idea that, that these are all, you find that these are all girls that have either been left mm-hmm. um, on their own without parents or their parents have essentially sold them to these Russians. Yeah. And which is, and the whole idea that like that, uh, I think Dreykov says it in the opening scene um, where he points out Natasha and Yelena. Before that, he says, kill all the undesirable ones. Kill all of them. The ones that I don't want are undesirable. I, the, the, the terminology that he uses is very strong. But it's yeah. also very resonant in how these types of people work. They're very, I don't like using this word, but sociopathic in that way, mm-hmm. where he's very calculated. He doesn't really... I guess not psych. I guess it's, I guess psychopaths is a better because he doesn't have remorse. Right. Um, especially how you find it, find it later find out how how he treats his daughter later on. He mm. he doesn't have any remorse. Um, and how he calls all these girls almost like they're like they're they're just trash, easy to get away. Mm-hmm. Get, get like they're 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 replaceable almost. Yeah. Um, and which is messed up in its own right but uh i have to open up the opening scene is set in 1995 i was wrong not the cold era <laughs> um but still it it was still it was in a time period where uh 
the Russians and the U.S. were still. Yeah, I also think it was just, didn't he, like, steal some information or something? Yes, he, yeah. he supposedly, there was that whole scene where uh, Alexei and Jacob are talking. It was before uh, uh, Natasha takes the gun, and he's like, oh, this is all, like, do you have the thing? And it's this thing that he has. Like, I think it was information. I don't know what it is. I forget. Um, and he goes, what about the other place? Like, nothing but ash, because he burned everything else down. Um, I, I'm assuming that what he took was information for, like, the antidote. Am I wrong? I don't know anymore. That would be fine. I don't, I don't know. But that the yeah. it was it was it was like a disc or something. I don't know what it is. But what did you think of um the characters themselves? I think Nat needed more development, even though we already have seen her before and we haven't seen any of these other characters. But I feel like she needed her own spotlight because I feel like this was kind of just a Yelena-centric movie, even though it was called Black Widow, which I guess now Yelena is Black Widow now. She really is. It's kind of like how um, Sam is now Captain America. Um, uh, I think think this movie was kind of centralized in, in less so introducing Nat's story, but kind of introducing Yelena into the MCU, because we haven't seen her before. Also, right. Florence Pugh killed it. I love, love her. Love Florence. So good. Um, also, Alexi, uh, David Harbour, great. He was hilarious. Such a uh, yeah. Um, I feel like in this dark movie, he definitely, all that comedy lightened this up a yeah. whole lot. Um yeah. I think one thing that M- that the MCU does really well that we kind of see lacking in like DC, for example, is dealing with tough subjects, but also adding humor and other to lighten it, to, like, yeah, yeah, make the movie watching process enjoyable. Because even though I don't like the movie, Suicide Squad is kind of the better one that handled the comedy, right? Um. Even though I don't really like that movie, but um, what do you uh, think? But that just wasn't really one of my favorites. But it, it wasn't my favorite. I do think out of all the DC ones, this is that's the one that kind of handled the balance between dark and comedy. Yeah. I I I haven't seen Justice League, so I don't know. I'm not a big DC fan, so <laughs> I am biased. I'm a Marvel fan. Um, I feel like uh early on Marvel kind of struggled with having that comedy aspect especially in the first Avengers where it was kind of just cheesy lines especially with Tony but those are the most iconic lines yeah. um like when he's pointing out that man is playing Galaga he thought we wouldn't notice but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was it, it was all in good fun like it, it was nice to have that but I feel like as um at, Especially in Thor Ragnarok, that comedy balanced out the action and the the dark of that movie, and you and we got to see Chris Hemsworth have some really good lines, like first in a while with all those good lines, and like we actually got to see him as a comedic actor. Same with how we get to see Florence Pugh be a comedic actor. So I've only seen her in Little Women as Amy, where she had very um, serious lines, especially I got to see her in this being a comedic actress, also being serious, but 
and delivers some very heartbreaking monologues, especially during the same scene in the dining room, which is like, it was real to me, um, which was very, I love that scene. Um, yeah, definitely one of my favorites. But uh, I think as Marvel has progressed and has changed directors, um, I feel like the comedy and the balance between it has gotten so much better. And I feel like yeah. it could go, it, it has has room to grow but it's still it the comedy is great yeah i think one of my favorite things about um this movie is that there is no like romantic storyline yes like, or i mean there's a little bit between alexi and mira Elena. nothing like but, major and i but, feel like as you're walking as you're watching especially as someone who personally really likes like romance like i like i really like romance i feel like you don't really miss that in the story like, they felt like there was no need for any kind of romance. Yeah. Um, I wasn't waiting. Like, I, I like I, when I was watching it, usually in Marvel movies, you're kind of waiting for a romantic interest to be introduced. Yeah. Um, especially considering past movies with Matt, uh, with Age of Ultron, and the whole plot line of her and Bruce, which I don't like. But, and yeah. also, I, I'm, I'm a Cap and Matt fan. Um, uh, so I, I liked that plot line in Winter Soldier, but it wasn't that, that plot wasn't heavily in it. It was just their way of hiding out almost, um, which in a way is kind of showing that like assassin's skill. Like she's good at strategy in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, so I liked, because of course then I have Alexi Milena have a love interest thing because they're because they, they were like partners you had you had background and why they're like that it wasn't anything yeah. that was like introduced yeah and you I know what i mean even that it was more like a joke like they never yes. actually got together they never it, kissed. It, it, was just... it was playful if anything yeah, it was exactly. playful flirting if anything yeah. it wasn't like it was kind it's kind of what nat and cap had in winter right. soldier it was very playful like, especially in that whole conversation in Winter Soldier where she's just like, so is that your first kiss since I did <laughs> Like, that is, like, my favorite line in the whole movie. Because, like, it's it's playful. And he goes, like, was it really that bad? She goes, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and And I thought it was adorable. Like, I like that. I like that we're able to have guy friends and girl girls have guy friends that yeah. can have playful banter like that without um, ending up as love interest i don't mind i don't mind them ending up love it's just that it we see that too much nowadays where i just like this movie didn't even really need it like one of my favorite this movie was um this like whole like thematic idea of like family and what kind of Mm -hmm. constitutes a family um and i just feel like we didn't need that and i'm really glad that we didn't get it yeah moving on to like as you you mentioned family i want to kind of move on um the 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 good co- I liked the I didn't realize you said that the good contrast between the family between um the relationship between Nat and uh, like Nat Elena and Alexi versus Dragoff and his daughter and how he treated her versus how Alexi how I, why I think Alexi went to prison my my theory is that Dragoff saw how close Alexi was getting to Nat and Yelena and thought he can't be doing this anymore he's gonna be a a horrible asset for me yes he is muscles yes he's gone through the super soldier serum which 
it's another plot line, but my <laughs> point. Um, is that he thought that Alexi got too close to the girls and he thought mm-hmm. that that the love aspect was getting in the way and that he wouldn't be able to take it out. And I feel like that is a great um contrast between what we see with Dracoff and his daughter and Alexi and Helena and Nat. Yeah, I definitely see that. I I like that theory. I feel like you could definitely see that. Because also didn't he say that it was like pretty soon after that? Yes, it was Drake it was pretty soon after him. that, yeah. Yeah. Drake also stopped using him for other missions and eventually sent him to prison. So, yes. I see that. So, it was, I, I think that is kind of what happened. I Maybe there's other reasons we didn't really get a full explanation besides Alexi's rambling and that whole anger scene on the airplane, which yes. is my favorite scene of like the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Which, if you should check out the TikTok, you'll see me doing that later on. Um, the whole thing with scenes I'm not gonna do right now. About that scene though, um, what? that kind of made me a little angry. Oh, um, go ahead. It was that Florence Pugh had to fight to add, to have that to line that added scene. in because they were genuinely gonna make a woman our irritable during their periods joke. That was gonna be the joke. <sighs> sorry. I didn't know that and that makes me angry because Coming from a background of having an ex-boyfriend who made that joke before, it, it's not okay. It's, it's yeah. just not okay. Um, so, yeah. Also, like, it's literally meant to be, like, a feat, like, how are you going to make a period joke, joke. Like, in the middle of a film where you're, like, acting like, women? And there's no way that the female director, who I love the female director in this, yes. would let that slide. Yeah. Which... Yeah, I don't know. I I just it makes me it frustrates me that they were genuinely gonna use that joke. But I also love that whole scene where it's great, <laughs> where it kind of it kind of repaired that whole scene in um in Age of Ultron where Nat was saying that she was a monster because she couldn't have children <gasps> because she had her because she was uh had her uterus removed. Oh my god! Uh, I'm telling you, the worst like. The most mishandled character in the entire MCU is by yes. far Natasha Romanoff. Yes. They could have done so much with her character. Yes, they could have done so much. Yeah. And then in, like, in the later movie, she took on like this maternal role to the rest of the Avengers, which was also weird. Yeah. And I just don't... I think it mishandled her so much, and it's such... Such I feel like the reason why she was the maternal one is because she was basically the only female Avenger until yeah. Wanda. Yeah. And Wanda is not mentally stable enough to do the motherly no. role. No. She really isn't. She's more of like the teenage daughter. Anything. Oh, yeah. The emo um, daughter. Yes. I relate to Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I took that open psych, psych the thing, the psych thing that I did. And which I highly recommend everyone to do. I'll leave the link in our bio. Uh, um, I first got Black Widow as the, like being a, but now it says, I, it says that I'm Tony. So let's see what I'm technically Tony and Black Widow's men are like the one yeah. to do. So, which I understand. So I think I got Peter Quill, uh, which I'm just refusing to acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is refusing to mention? Well, did, did you know what your number two was? Uh, I'm gonna search it up. No, I don't. Oh, no, off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure I want to retake it just because I cannot be Peter Quill. I just can't do it. Um, oh, any Thor. Marvel fan? Thor. 
I think I, it doesn't I mean, work. When I, when, I, when I did the recommended plus the emoji, I got forks. I was very confused in the emojis, so they thought I was very jockey, which if anyone knows me, I'm not athletic like that. I need to go to the gym, but I'm not like, at, I'm doing it for my well-being, not to get swole. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so essentially, yeah, I wouldn't. Thor, I'm sorry, I love Thor. Don't be wrong. He is like the James Potter of like he's very like the jock character. And See, I'm just that's not, not me. I just feel like that was We're not yeah. that way. If anything, you're like uh Wanda a little bit. I see Wanda in you. Maybe a little uh maybe I they didn't have they didn't have Bucky on there and I was very mad. They had Cap, not Bucky. Uh which by the way, Cap was like the last person on my list, uh, which makes a lot of sense. My top three were Tony, uh, Black Widow, and Loki. So if that happens <laughs> in my life, I don't know what does. Um, which, please, no spoilers in the comments. I haven't finished Loki. I need to. Oh um, you need to. I really need to. I, I, I keep getting spoiled on TikTok, so I kind of know what happens, but, mm-hmm. um, but back on Black Widow, because that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. Um, but, um, um, yeah. You said, if there's nothing else to add, you said you had some fun facts, right? Oh, yes. Do you, do we have any, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Or I don't think so. I think, I think overall, I'd just say it was a pretty good watch. There obviously I think faults, but I would, I would, it. I would recommend it and rewatch it just for the comedy parts of it. Because right. yeah. David Harbour as an actor, which I loved him, you haven't seen Stranger Things. So, yeah. so yeah. him as Hopper, great. I love, I watched the, um, Hot Ones episode he recently did, uh, where he talked about, uh, how he handles those roles in that respect. And he's like, he's very into it. I like that. And I like that part. So, um, because I'm, I assume we have, we have nothing else to talk about. I have some fun facts from IMDb. Um, so for a little goofs section about the movie, the opening scene, I saw, I saw this, I saw this, uh, thing on TikTok where, but it's on here. The opening scene is set in 1995 and it shows Yelena playing with a My Little Pony plushie mm-hmm. of a style which was not released into the mid 2010s. Wow. I saw that on TikTok and I was like, that is just weird. If that, if that doesn't play into the, if, the, if they, if they, per, if, it, 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 maybe it's just an inaccuracy, or maybe they're playing into the multiverse. I don't know. I, I'm gonna say. I, yeah, I'm I feel like someone like I think someone messed it up. I think. Yeah, it up. I would say that too. I don't think that it's. Um, I don't think it was intentional. I think someone yeah. messed up, and they're like, "Here is a rainbow doll, horse doll for this young girl to play." Here you go. Yeah. Then again, we might be wrong, and it could be like a really, like multiverse thing. I don't know. Um, during, and also during the chase scene in Budapest, when Natasha's attempting to steal the minivan, an enemy widow shoots out the front windshield. A few lot, a few shots later, the windshield is perfectly intact. Hmm. Um, which by the way, the choreography, just for solo, the choreography mm, in this movie, yes. great. Yeah. I loved it. The, All the action sequences yeah. were I loved it. I know. I'm not usually an action person, but even I really yeah. got into it. Yeah. The, the, the ad that was before this movie was for the Snake Eyes, the G.I. Joe movie with, <laughs> uh, what's his name? The one from Crazy Rich Asians. I don't remember his name. Um, um, 
Henry Gold? Golding? No, nope. Gooding? Golding. I don't know his name. But the dude from Fraser Jason. That dude. Um, and, uh, we watched him like that. We're not into that. But then as soon as we watched this movie, we're, it was like choreography perfection. It was great. Um, factual errors. When in Norway, the car Natasha drives is a license plate that is, is in the wrong format. In Norway, the license plate has the format AA12345. Her cars has the format AA1234, 123A4. Well, Dude. I just goes to show that, like, I don't Movies think... Movies aren't perfect. The, They're not yeah. perfect. Also, that's why I think the doll is just an inaccuracy, because there have been other inaccuracies. Yeah. Um, also, typically, recurve bows are made for a left- or right-handed archer. Taskmaster's bow appears to be ambidextrous slash neutral, similar to a longbow without an obvious arrow rest to place and tune the arrow, arrow in flight. That said, since the bow is held in the left hand, the arrow should be shot from the left side of the bow. Taskmaster incorrectly uses the right side of the bow. <laughs> Whoever on IMDb spent time analyzing scene by scene of no, I'm sorry, this just seems, okay. <laughs> Here comes the plot holes, which is the exciting part, because we want to hear plot holes. This the bulk of the movie takes place immediately after Casimir's Civil War, which takes place after Age of Ultron. Tony Stark, who was established to be incredibly paranoid about alien invasion, has satellites in space and invents futuristic technology, but doesn't detect the Red Room, a flying base the size of several skyscrapers taped together. Neither does S.H.I.E.L.D. or any government that regularly looks for alien or even ter- terrestrial unknown craft in the sky. Yeah, that's a little... That, I did, until I read it, like, this doesn't make sense. The, also, the whole flying above the thing, it, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, no, the, go ahead. Give, give thoughts. Go ahead. I, I like the idea of it being above ground because like, you didn't see that coming. And also it explains yes. how it hasn't been detected by ground people. But I do, now that I think about it, it is a little weird that, like, no... Nobody's picked it up. No one from the government or Tony Stark has realized that the Red yeah. Room, because there's a whole plot line where Nat thought that she destroyed the Red Room when she right. killed Dracoff's daughter, um, and blew up the building could, because because she thought that she killed Dracoff. Yeah. Um, but that did not happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we just go to show that like the Red Room was more advanced. Yes, it, it's almost like how Hydra, we thought Hydra was destroyed in Captain Mega First Avenger, but mm-hmm. we later found out that no, yeah. it wasn't, and just kept coming back. Yeah. And basically overtake S.H.I.E.L.D. and then um, the beginning, yeah, so next one is the beginning of the movie has the characters in Ohio fleeing S.H.I.E.L.D., engaging in a gunfight, and escaping in a very small plane. Not only would the airplane have to stop to refuel at least once between Ohio and Cuba, but they would be in U.S. airspace for over a thousand miles and be trackable the whole time on radar. That opening scene takes place a year after Captain Marvel, so S.H.I.E.L.D. already has aircraft that could easily intercept and shoot down the single-engine airplane. S.H.I.E.L.D. is an idiot, but let's be honest. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Um, at the end of the film, Natasha prepares to turn herself into General Ross's men, 
However, the next shot takes two weeks later with Natasha apparently free with Mason, who gives her a Quinjet. It is never explained how she escapes from General Ross. Was she going to turn herself in General Ross, or was she going to fight General Ross? This says that she was going to turn herself in. Maybe he doesn't get that when I was watching it, but yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Honestly, it's Natasha, though. Wait, don't we know that Steve came to save her or something? No. At the end of the movie, Nat is going to meet up with Steve to get the other people out of prison. Oh, okay. Because that is what's happening in Infinity War. Am I wrong? No, I don't think they it, it Because that happens in between. Right. right? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. So at the, yeah. Alexei claims that he is the only super soldier made by the Soviet Union. However, at Captain America Civil War 2016 and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series 2021 clarified that there were several super soldiers in the U.S., so it seems unlikely that the Soviet Union would make only one super soldier to equalize their military strength to the Western Bloc. Why might this be explained by Alexei's arrogance? Because he's also an idiot. He's yeah. essentially like the Russian version of Thor. He thinks that yeah. he's really strong and like really smart, but he really isn't. He's a himbo. Yes. Um, Alexei claims that he only fought, he once fought with Captain America. This seems highly unusual as Alexei was only turned into the Red Guardian during the Cold War. When Rogers was presumed dead, even if he did fight Rogers during World War II as a foot soldier, it would also be impossible as Lexi was not of age during that period. And I think they bring that up in the movie yeah, where the guy was like, was like, you realize that Cap was in the ice before you went to prison, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we forgot when, this is the first movie that does not have a, St- not have a Stan Lee cameo. Right. Which I I did not realize that as I was watching it. No, me neither. And if I feel like if it did, I heard this online somewhere, if it did, I think that Stan Lee would have been in the prison tattooing Alexi. I see that. I like that. And yeah, I feel like that would have happened. That would have been a great moment. Yeah. But that's I think that's let me see if I have anything else. Um trivia. Overall, what would you give this movie? Um, well, my computer's loading. I would give this movie, um, I think I would give it an A minus. Okay. How many? Which in my mind is about a four and a half. Yeah. I was gonna Um, say I'd probably give it like a four. Yeah. I think what edged me out with the half point is the comedy, honestly, and how they handled the child trafficking. Yeah. Because that, I feel like that was, and speaking of, like, Florence Pugh's performance, um, on July 6, 2020, it was announced that Marvel Studios executives, including Kevin Feige, was so impressed with Florence Pugh's performance as Yelena Bel- Belova that they planned to include her in future MCU films, and she may even ha- become the new Black Widow. In fact, Feige stated that the film was written to showcase Belova just as much as Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff. I don't think that happened. I think they showcased Yelena more than Natasha. I think if so. I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree with you. In prison at 5348, they have to keep the timestamp. Red Guardian shows tattoo on his right shoulder, two roses. 
underneath them, the two names translate from Russian to Natasha and Yelena, which I think fuels my theory of why he was in prison in the first place. Yeah, I get that. That's sweet, though. I like that. I don't know. Personally, I think I, I would... I think it was a really good movie. Um, I also why I took away that one story is just because I feel like we lacked that character development from that, and because I just feel like I feel like late. it. I feel like it was late, but I feel like it was okay that we lacked it because we've already seen her before, and we haven't seen Elena. And I feel like it's right to focus on Elena because because we're gonna be seeing her more in the Mar- in the cinematic universe. So I feel yeah. like it's only right for us to have. Yeah, I guess. I just feel like as kind of being the last performance of, yes. of Natasha. Well, I, we don't know that. We don't know that. We well, can get a whole seems, multiverse. We don't know true, it. True, but it seems likely. But that feels, it feels like this is like the slow. Yeah, longer. I feel like it was expected to be the last performance of Natasha. Just like how we are probably, this is that RDJ's last performance of Iron Man was an Endgame. Even though he kind of confirmed that he might be back for like a cameo or two, Maybe. but never know. But like, yeah. I feel like the last real performance of Natasha. I feel like I kind of expected more. Yes, I I I think maybe I just wanted a little bit of closure that I don't feel like I got in Endgame because how sudden her death was. Yes. Um, but I feel like I didn't get that here either. Yes. And it's I don't know. She still feels as mishandled as she was before. Yes. Which is and just, yes. Do you have anything else to add before I move on? No, I think that's it. That's just the explanation for why I gave it four stars instead of five stars. Yeah. And I give, I think I, I agree with you on all that. Mm-hmm. And I think because I give it a four and a half, which would average ours about a four. Yeah. Um, our overall, um, thing, which gives like an average of like an A, A minus, um, okay. if we're doing by school standards. Um, uh, because of how they handled the child trafficking, which I think if they did it earlier, they wouldn't have been able to handle it as well, especially with the female director. Yeah. Who, yeah. not to say that men can't handle it, but usually they can't. Uh, <laughs> well, I feel but, like you have to look at the older movies to know how wonderfully men well, have handled Black Widow thus far. Yes. Um, so... Just to give a little brief information, um, according to IMDb, about the size of every upcoming MCU film and TV series, um, coming soon, we have Sang, Sang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which comes out September 3rd, 2021, which I'm very excited for. Me too. Um, Eternals, which comes out November 5th, and Hawkeye the Series, which I think is going to be overlapping with this movie, November 17th in 2021, which what's that, but that is the projected thing but what has recently been wrapped is thor love and thunder which wraps on may 28th and miss marvel which is a series that's six episodes long which has been wrapped in early may so we have some more movies coming up yeah. i'm excited for the what if series that's coming out in august yeah so i hope we can probably fit that into our schedule somehow i think we can but um, yeah. we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but that wraps up our episode and our review of Black Widow. I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, our next episode, we, we, our schedule is every Tuesday. Our next episode is The Wolf of Wall Street. Very exciting for no one. Um, <laughs> um, follow us on all our social medias at Anne underscore Chaotic Cinema. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye.